Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast. Episode 55, Emulation. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hello, Jenny. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. We're going to talk about stealing, emulating, copycatting, (laughs) all those good things in this week's podcast. So, Sandy, this is a topic we've been talking about for a while, and it's something that we've both been thinking about doing an episode on, but recently... You just read one of my favorite books. Yes. I was purposely kind of holding off on this episode until um, Santa Claus brought me Austin Kleon's Steel Like an Artist and Christmas when we're recording this. Christmas was just last week. So it's the first thing I picked up and read on Christmas Day. And I didn't actually, you've talked about this book for a long time, and I didn't realize how cute and little it is. I thought it was like a full on, you know, big reading book, but it's Austin Cleon. It's his black and white. It's his felt tip markers and his little doodles. And it's, it's just short. It's a quick read, super clear. Um, and I just loved it. And now that I read it, we are now allowed to do this podcast topic. I love it when you finally read one of the books I want you to read. And <laughs> it I just takes me like a year to it. listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Now, of course, I haven't read it for a long time, and I don't actually own the book. I checked it out from the library, so I'm going to rely heavily you know, on you, Sandy, for this. Yeah, I think it's one of those books that you have to have. Like it, yeah. Because it's, it's, first of all, it's so, I just like little books. It's little and cute, but it's also something that this this is a book that when you you feel stuck, when you're kind of stuck creatively, you're going to pick this up and go through it again, and there's always like a little new, you know, a new message that will sort of speak or jump out at you. So I just think it's one of those books you're going to go back to over and over again. And I just want to say for folks who are not yet familiar with the majesty and wonder of Austin (laughs) Kleon's work, what he does is he got sort of uninspired or bored one day and he picked up a newspaper and he just started taking his Sharpie and writing lines through the words he didn't want to appear and leaving the words he did want to appear. And so it's a really beautiful kind of organic process that he has of telling a story or making a poem out of words by leaving them on a page rather than bringing them onto the page himself. So Yeah, and he, he also has a, a, um, a picture of his office, and half of it is digital and half of it is analog. So oh, he's got I his computer, yeah. right? It was so interesting to see, like, he's got two desks, and one is full of markers and newspaper and scissors and, st- you know, um, what do you call it, stickies and all these things. And then he will go to his computer and you know, do whatever he needs to digitally. But when he needs to be creative and, you know, do something new, he'll go sit at his analog desk. I think that's very cool. Yeah, I I love He also has free wallpaper on his blog that you can put as your phone wallpaper, like the backdrop on your phone screen. And it's like a skull and bones. And it's like, throw me in the ocean or something like it's so fun or like pick up a book instead. He's just like, he's kind of tells it like it is anyway. Beyond our our love affair with the work of Austin <laughs> Cleon, we wanted to do this episode because we've talked about the importance of kind of keeping your eyes on your own paper and focusing on 
your own work and not getting distracted by the plethora of the internet and everything else that's out there and around you. But then we also wanted to give you the counterpoint to that, which is that it's really important to learn from others. And the best artists and best thinkers in history have always studied the greats that came before them and had mentors and then synthesized and taken that information in and then created something of their own out of that input. And so we wanted to have this episode today to talk to you about the importance of actually surrounding yourself with people, books, programs, coaches, mentors that inspire you so that then you can have all of that beauty and majesty around you that you can use to as a starting point for your own creative and business pursuits. Yeah, and I wanna make the point that the resources we're using for this episode are focused on artists and writers. And so I really think it would be helpful for all of us who are entrepreneurs or who are aspiring entrepreneurs to think of ourselves as creative people and creative artists. And that a business, creating a business, is not that much different than creating a symphony or writing a book because it's still the same kind of thinking and um, emotional play that you have to kind of go through to create something new and exciting. And we're also pulling uh, very strongly from an article that was in Brain Pickings, and uh, it was written about Oliver Sacks and his process or his view of the evolution of the creative process, what happens in someone's brain uh, when they are creating or learning a new skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is a post that's called Oliver Sacks on the three essential elements of creativity, and we will link to that in the show notes. You know, Sandy, I started calling myself an artist when I was in law school, and I had an Etsy shop at the time, and I, instead of paying attention in all of my classes, I was designing jewelry for my Etsy shop. <laughs> However, my artistry in my mind came from the fact that I was designing a nonprofit, and that's what I was building while I was in law school. And I, so I, I definitely believe, I think that creating something new, birthing an organization or a business is essentially a creative process. It, it feels a whole lot more creative to me than just about anything else I do in my life. And I think it's a useful hat to be able to put on as a small business owner to start to think of yourself as an artist and as a creative, because it gives you, in my mind, the leeway to make mistakes, to try things out. An artist has this this sort of permission to be experimental in his or her work. And I I think for those of us as entrepreneurs, we need to be able to own that creativity as well because although we want to learn from those who've come before us and we want to be able to follow formulas to achieve success and results, the key part to becoming successful is making it your own. And that requires a tremendous amount of creativity and trust in yourself and in sort of your own innate genius. Yeah, I, I think that when you start out with your starting your own business, you don't necessarily think of it. Maybe I'm speaking just for myself, but I would not initially have called starting creating a business a creative process. But now that I've been in it for so long, there's so many times when you need to think differently and you know whether it's how you run your team or how you write your copy or the you know the branding and the design and the color and the logo, there's so many places that you need to be creative to really, really stand out. Um, But I think what we wanted to talk about today was how do you get to that place like from when when you first start and you're first, you're this little baby business artist, and then how do you evolve into something, you know, really 
unique and original as a business as a business owner as a business leader yeah so i think about it this way i think about the idea the birth like the birth of the idea of the company or the business as of as an extremely creative process like whatever comes to you through sort of divine knowledge or this idea that in your heart that you know you want to start something that to me is essentially creative like you have it in your mind to create something that doesn't exist in the world you're going to create something in your own way right so that's creative but then if you have no background in what you're building you need to actually sort of put your creativity on hold for a period of time and you need to go look for the masters you need to look for the coaches mentors books resources websites courses you need to go find shortcuts so that you can find checklists and tutorials and step-by-steps so that you can get off the ground and to try to figure all of that stuff out on your own like how do I set up an Etsy shop and how do I set up a Facebook pixel and you know like Mm -hmm. you don't need to figure all that out in some creative way on your own there's sort of like the basics the nuts and bolts that you should go look to others to help you fast track because you'll save a whole bunch of time and energy and in all likelihood you're more likely to actually create a business because you won't get sidelined and and frustrated by these by the minutia that's involved with with starting a business but then right the next phase that's where the creativity sort of needs to come pouring back so then once you've followed the step-by-step processes to the extent that you can you also need to then sort of take one foot out of that pot and you need to start thinking about what can I do differently? Okay, now I have the basic setup. I have this creative vision for what I want to build. So how can I do this in a way that no one else has ever done it? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how Oliver Sacks says all in that. In a much more eloquent way <laughs> than I just said. So he's talking about the, a natural cycle of creative evolution. And so he says that we learn our own minds by finding out what we love. These models integrate into a sensibility Out of that sensibility arises the initial impulse for imitation, which, aided by the gradual acquisition of technical mastery, eventually ripens into original creation. Yeah. So I think that's basically what you just said. That's what I was saying. (laughs) Exactly. And I was not saying it in such fancy words, Sandy. That's all. I'm just trying to be of the people here. (laughs) I just, I love the idea that you kind of, you have to, you know, watch others and emulate others and take inspiration from others. But there's a point where you've kind of mastered the basics. And that's a scary spot to be in where you're going to step out and actually do something original that no one has done. But it's like all the things you've read and watched and learned and viewed are in your subconscious somehow. And that they kind of meld all together. And from all of that, you come out with something completely original. Yeah. And we were talking about this earlier when we were prepping for this episode where you were saying you really need to incubate your ideas before they can become original or great, that you need to have a safe place where sort of things are comfortable and have been done before where you can start to nurture the the baby of of a creative idea. And then you need to break free from those restraints and, you know, go and follow your heart and build something new. I I think that's, in -hmm. fact, what people need to do. And it's hard because you're, in a way, you have to go learn a whole bunch of stuff and then you get to a certain point in your business and then you have to start to unlearn. And you have to be okay with both of those things. You have to be okay with learning when you need to learn and unlearning when it's time to to go out off on your own and create something new. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. 
Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. I love Austin's message. And one of the sort of little chapters in his book is about in that learning phase, how you go and you, you maybe you find someone whose website you love. You just love the way this is laid out and the design and the look and the copy. And then you figure out who they follow, who are their heroes, who are their yeah. business, you know, heroes. And then you go look at those and then you look at who do they follow. And it's this big kind of tapestry of people that are interconnected. And that's how you start to form that that that's the beginning of that incubation of you're getting all these ideas like you're following the master and the master's master and the master's master and so it just it's this beautiful learning phase but I love that idea of just following you know someone and then see who they follow and who they follow you want to know something that I really like to do that's kind of geeky on these lines you geeky <laughs> a little bit so if I read a book that I really like oftentimes the the writers that I like also will like teach a course for example you know at a university so like Michael Pollan taught a class Mm -hmm. at Berkeley when I was there and so anyway you find some some thinker that you like and often if they're published they maybe have taught somewhere and you can now because of the beauty of the internet usually find a syllabus for the courses they teach so that to me if you're really interested in a certain like business mentor or thinker or you know whom artist or whomever see if if they're living if they teach a course like just google them and figure it out and then you can find a copy of the syllabi that they teach from at the whatever the universities are where they're adjunct professors and then you can that's like that is pure gold if you can find a syllabus that (laughs) that is linked to a thinker that you admire or a writer you admire you have like a year's worth of work ahead of you just read every single thing that they list on that syllabus and then if you if that's working for you then you look at the footnotes or the end notes of the books that are on the syllabus and then that takes you to a whole other level of depth right there like you have an endless resource like a road it's like a treasure map to follow like an idea treasure map and i i mean some of our listeners might not want to do that <laughs> They want to start a business in this century. Present company included, Sandy. But <laughs> I think that there's a lot there. Like if you s- allow yourself to be inspired and to follow yeah. the path, like follow the thread where it might lead you. That's all. Yeah, exactly. And I think another great idea uh, with business is to that. I know you and I both have this. Uh, we call them swipe files. So mm-hmm. we will we watch a lot of different people um, who we find interesting and inspiring and just love what they're doing. And we watch them and we get on their email lists. And I will, you know, if I get an email that's especially really well written or maybe a little bit unique and different, I just keep it in a, in a swipe file. I just keep copies of things I like for no purpose, you know, no exact purpose at that moment, just that I love the way this was phrased, or I love the idea of this sequence of an email. And then um, that swipe file is your little bank of inspiration when you need it. And if you're like, ah, what should I do for this webinar and this sequence I have to write up, you can go back and not that you were going to plagiarize in any way. But all of that, all those things that you loved, you're just reading back through that, something will kind of bubble up that a way that you could twist or turn it and make it your own into something that's that's unique. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend that 
you think about finding a handful of people to follow online and and ideally not in your niche or not in your area of specialization because the beauty happens when you connect seemingly unconnected things so if you see something for example that's working in art like say there's an artist and they're selling their work online and because art is a, a common theme in today's podcast like get on their email list and see what they're doing successful and then maybe you sell holistic healing classes but you can see what they're sending out in their sequences or something really cool that they're doing on their website, right? Like mm-hmm. our current website is inspired by a design agency that we respect. Like it's it's not a, another software company. And l- like start to think about where you can find inspiration outside of your specific niche or, or industry and then go and take pieces from different places that you love and, and curate them and cultivate them and add them into what you do. I want to um, talk about this little chart from Austin Kleon about he, his, he calls it good theft versus bad theft, because mm-hmm. I think he's just playing off the title of steal like an artist, not that you're actually being stealing. a thief, but yeah. you're not stealing anything. But like good theft is like to honor the original work as opposed to degrading it, to study versus skimming, steal from many as opposed to stealing from one, and mm-hmm. always giving credit versus plagiarizing and transforming something instead of imitating it or remixing it instead of straight up ripping it off. Yeah. So I just exactly. I think that's a great like t- you know to honor and study and look at many. That's the way you can make a great business happen. Yep, I love it. I think that's exactly right, and that's what everyone else does too. All those great people you admire do that. They got their ideas from somebody else. Every there's like everyone got inspired by somebody else or by some large collection of of other inspirations. And I think part of part of what we're asking you all to do in in this conversation is to get outside of your bubble. Like get like I said get outside of your niche. Start to allow more source of it, sources of inspiration to come into your life so that you can steal from them, so that you can borrow from them and and mingle them into what you are building in your own niche and in your own industry because that's where the magic happens. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a very beautiful natural process that can help a lot of people. If you find a way of adding additional beauty or a new way of connecting to people that you're taking from you know, another person or business or industry, you can do a lot of good with that. Yeah, to me, this is what makes it so much fun too. It's just watching and learning and just forming new ideas in our own little way. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's good fun. It's super fun. Like we're, there's another book that we're reading for a future podcast that we were just talking about, Sandy. Well, yours hasn't come in the mail. Yeah, but but, it, but one of the companies that we're starting to follow is a stock photography company, right? Like we, we don't do anything like that, but we're really inspired by the way a stock photography company is being run. So it's, it's just, it's so exciting to us to like read the detailed history and account of this, of the founders of a photography business. And I, I think that, you can start to, if you allow yourself to see what you're doing, you can start to see what you're building in other businesses. You can start to see the similarities and you can start to take inspiration from them. And it's so important um, to allow yourself to do that. So, you know, I think the balance is for many of us is, is how do you decide when to like close your eyes and focus on what's in front of you versus when to allow that inspiration to come in. And so, you know, I don't know, Sandy, if you have any hmm. advice for folks. I think that's something that everyone has to kind of wrestle with on their own. But but one 
one note on that is just if you start to have a day or a couple of days where you start to feel really stagnant or stuck, I think that is the time that you don't just look down and plod through. Like that's where you need to take a break and go out and immerse yourself in something else and allow yourself to be inspired. Because if for some reason your specific work Mm -hmm. activities are not inspiring you that day or that week, you need to get out of your own head basically. Yeah, I think for business, to me, it's very cyclical, right? And maybe it depends on what you're doing. Like if you are launching a new product or program versus just planning your fourth webinar of the year, you may need different things at those different periods. If I was a fine artist, a painter of some kind, maybe I would step away you know, as a now a master and not look back, but I don't think so. I think you're always looking at what's happening and learning and being inspired by other artists. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're being inspired by the patterns in nature. Like maybe right. instead of looking at historical mm-hmm. artwork or mu- like going to the Louvre, you're going for a hike and you're looking at the way you know, patterns form in nature. Like there, there's, you're getting inspired from something if, if you allow yourself to be open to it. I mean, I think the flip side of this, to be honest, is to not allow yourself to be distracted by the internet and by television and by like Netflix. I mean, I think part of being able to steal like an artist in the words of Austin Kleon or or emulate is to have space in your mind and allow yourself time to be open to new ideas and experiences. And when we're constantly distracting ourselves, we, we don't have the ability to be inspired by those things. So it, it requires like taking a trip to the library. I do this every week or every two weeks. Like I go and I always get a big stack from my little girl at the library because we love to read library books together, but I always get at least two books for myself. I don't always have time to read two brand new books that are not related to our business <laughs> every week, but I, I get them and I flip through them and sometimes I end up reading the whole thing. And to me, like I pick up stuff that maybe I wouldn't normally pick up at a bookstore. I wouldn't go searching for it on Amazon. I think there, anyway, there's the mm-hmm, beauty of browsing, right? That is hard to do now in internet culture, but like going and like allowing yourself to just be inspired by what calls to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those books end up becoming podcast episodes for us. Sometimes they end up influencing what we're doing in our company. Sometimes they just make me a more fulfilled and inspired human being, but like give yourself the ability to be inspired by s- things that seemingly are unrelated to what you're doing. Yeah, or have an analog desk like Austin Cleon, right? That is ideal. (laughs) That's amazing. I kind of want a typewriter. It's probably cliche to want a typewriter, but I kind of, I mean, I have this antique sewing machine and like it's this big project I have to fix it and get it working because it's pretty, it's pretty run down, but it's like this, like, could I buy, uh, I have, I have like a sewing machine that I can, a modern one too, but like I could buy a really nice sewing machine for the cost that it's, it's going to take me to rebuild this thing. But I want the experience of this like enamel, black enamel with gold paint and this heavy, like Hmm. super heavy machine that is like a pain in the ass. Like I love the idea of using this, this tool that makes this amazing noise, like, right. Allow yourself to have those things in your life that are impractical, but that that bring beauty, that that bring like a tactile experience. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Do you want to move into joy and hustle? Yeah, let's move into joy and hustle. All right, you should do the hustle first. Yeah, the hustle is, of course, Austin Kleon's book, Steal Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative. I highly recommend having a little copy near you at your desk so you can just peek through it every couple of months and stay inspired. Excellent. And Jenny... I actually did something fun this week. So 
I usually rely on Sandy to do the joys because I maybe don't think of myself as a joyful person. (laughs) I don't have a lot of random things in my life that I can talk about on the podcast. I probably do, and I just don't think of them. However, I have something that I found and I love, and it's called Perfume Balm. And there's a little Seattle company called Good and Well Supply Co. And it's basically like chapstick, but it's slightly thicker, and it's perfume. And it's just a little tube. It's Mm -hmm. a perfume stick. And this one is made out of like the basis is coconut oil and beeswax. But I have one called Dusk. It's the lavender myrrh and vanilla one. It's so good. And I just like I you've probably seen me doing this. I keep it on my desk and every few minutes I just like pick it up and open it and like wave it around under my nose. Like it just it's like having a candle without having a candle lit. And I just really like it. And you can also rub it on your wrists or whatever you want. But I love it and it makes me happy and it's not expensive. Pure so joy we're, right there. We're, it's just joy. Just, just for joy. Happy, just for, for no happiness. Other reason. Imagine that. <laughs> I love it. I think we should have more things like that for joy. Yeah. I'm going to push that. I think then we the need to, to cultivate them in our lives, Sandy. We need yeah. to just have more things. Oh, can I say one more really cool thing that people yeah. might want to hear about? I learned on my library trip, since we talked about books in the library today, that my library has a seed library. And what do you mean you a should, seed? What is there? Seed seeds there. Oh, you like can seeds like for uh-huh. planting. And so I think this is a thing. So if for those of you, as we get in, move into spring in the northern hemisphere, you should check out to see if your library also has a seed library. It's freaking cool. Hmm. You just take the seeds. You don't. Re- you have I, to return them after you're. I don't. You're f- I didn't get that far, Sandy. I'm gonna have <laughs> like, to research it. So you have to like grow the plant and then like harvest the seeds and return Probably, it to the library. It's amazing. There's like a seed library. I knew there huh. were seed banks, like yeah. because all these plants are going to go extinct and we need to hide the seeds in case you know there's like right. nuclear winter. But but like actually at your local library there might be a seed library, so you should huh. check it out. I will check that out. It's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. There you go. Double joy from Jenny today. Double joy. Imagine that. All right, folks, we will see you on Wednesday for our office hours. Have a good week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Dun, 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 dun.